couple of courses. The, the Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk by uh, Gaza and the Middle East and IDF uh, since the seventh of October. Um, but it seems uh, yesterday Israel has signalled a new phase of its military operations with some troops set to withdraw from Gaza. To explain all, uh, we have Duncan Boulevant, Special Advisor to the head of the Bosnia Peacekeeping Mission, part of the UK mission to Kosovo in 1999, and of course CEO of the Henderson Risk Group, an international risk management advisory consultancy. Uh, Welcome to the programme, Duncan. Nice to talk to you again. Happy New Year to you. Good morning, Ivan. Now, uh, tell us about this latest phase. Well, if you... Recall several weeks ago, the Americans were pushing uh, the Israelis to close down on their more aggressive element of their bombing campaigns and their their military efforts. And I think we talked several weeks ago about a time frame of the end of January, beginning middle of February, as as possibly looking at that as as a period in which Israel would consolidate its military gains and start to withdraw some of its 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 troops and move to a different phase of operations, and that that seems to seems to be what is now playing out on on the ground. The there are two there are a couple of issues that that drive this for the Israelis. Obviously, one is that the level of of support um, that they are receiving in the international uh, arena has been dwindling considerably over the last few weeks. And I think everybody is now wanting to see Israel uh, reduce it, reduce the number of Palestinian casualties. Every casualty is a tragedy, of course, but th- it, there was an inevitable element of, of, of that post 7th of October. The second issue is that, is that the Americans are finding increasingly hard to hold the line for Israel within, within the UN Security Council. And the third element is that Israel's economy, uh, which is which is has been exceptionally successful over the last decade or so, is suffering uh, dramatically as a result of the fact that the majority of the soldiers fighting in 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 Gaza are of course reservists and they've all left key jobs uh, and positions within the economy. So Israel is is now having to move towards a different phase of operations. Uh, the United States is keen for that to happen, and I think regional actors also, particularly Saudi Arabia. Uh, will be welcoming this because it will allow them to deal with 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 other issues going forward. So, so you're saying this is is partly in response to international pressure, rather than IDF, the Israeli official, saying that really they had completed some of their uh, offensive works and taking out Hamas, the tunnels and all that, and they say they were moving to more localized mopping up operations, uh, sort of sort of making progress uh, as they worked from the north to the south and so on. You're saying actually the calls for a ceasefire have actually impacted on them. Yes, I think it has shaped the Israeli military planning, which is obviously uh, carried out in close communication and, and, and close cooperation with the United States. The U.S. public statements of pre, pre-Christmas public statements uh, talking about you know moving towards a different phase of operations towards the end of January would have been well coordinated with with the Israelis, and I think that the Israelis have probably achieved militarily as much as they feel they can at this stage of the game. It's always a balance. They've achieved militarily as, as, as much as, as they can. Uh, but also, you know, the United States, who has had Israel's back diplomatically, 
is is signaling that this is a tipping point. So it's as with all these with these issues with with an issue that is so heavily charged like Gaza, like like Israel, like the whole Palestinian Israeli conflict. This is this isn't local. It's never local. It's always got an international audience. And I think that both the United States and Israel have probably choreographed this to a certain degree. Okay. And 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 we are now in a different phase of operations. Okay. Well, speaking of that, the prospect of a wider conflict, uh, Hezbollah in Lebanon, uh, Iran uh, as their partners. What's your view of of this widening? I think the Israel from the Israeli perspective, they are expecting Hezbollah to take. Uh, more direct action. There has been a fairly constant exchange of fire across the border with Lebanon over the last few weeks. There are there are several indications that the Israelis are preparing for some kind of incursion into Lebanon to to secure a, a more sanitized uh, border region. That may that may well happen over the over the next uh, few weeks and months. It remains to be seen. We're seeing now, of course, you know the Houthi rebels that everybody's talking about, um, wanting to attack international shipping for all, for for a variety of reasons, are of course you know proxies of of, of the Iranians, and we're we're definitely seeing the Red Sea heating up at the moment as as you know the United States uh, two of its three of its helicopters attack Houthi um, vessels. Uh, over over the last few days and and destroyed three out of four that's that's all iranian influence the iranians are now have now put a destroyer in the mix of this one of their own vessels so you can see the iranian desire to have a reduced international reduced western influence in 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 the region um this is going to have to be managed and 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 and, and is going to have to be dealt with very sensitively by by the United States and her allies. The Israelis are probably looking at the, the, the Hezbollah threat as directly linked to Iranian uh, desires to remove US influence in, in, in the region. So I think the prospects for the conflict widening are there. They are real. I think it's fair to say that the conflict has already widened and he's already now uh, in, the, in the regional um, sphere. It's just a matter of how it's managed and how how it's contained. And of course, don't forget, right at the beginning of this, pre-October the 7th, we were looking at a situation where Israel's diplomatic relations with Saudi Arabia were at an all-time high. And and we we were looking at moving towards a normalization of relationships between Saudi uh, and Israel. That will remain the key strategic objective of both the US administration and I suspect the Israelis, because that secures them a lasting peace and a, and a great economic opportunity in the region. And that has always been one of the objectives of the, Isra- of the Iranian regime, is to disrupt that. As long as, as long as Palestinians, innocent Palestinians, are being killed in Gaza by Israeli military action, the Saudis are not in a position to normalize relations. So I think the objective there is to calm the situation in Gaza as can be, and then look at t- looking taking things in a, in a wider regional context. And what's your analysis on the question of why Hamas did it on the seventh of October? In other words, 
It's resulted in 22,000 people dead, uh, millions displaced, um, 57,000 people injured. I mean, given given the, the Israeli government, which were always going to do the worst possible retaliation, I mean, I was reading in the FT that the one person who suit, you know, the Hamas attack, all this suits is Putin because it takes all the focus off of Ukraine. Do, do you, what's your explanation of why Hamas kicked this off? Well, uh, I can give you an, an, an analysis, a view, and, I'll, and I think there are two elements to it. One is it is increasingly apparent to those that watch the region that the Iranians were taken aback by the October 7th um, issue. And I think that we, you know, there was an assumption that somehow the Iranians had supported this and funded it. Well, of course, they did indirectly. But I think even the, Ira- the Iranians were taken aback by the ferocity and the, and the nature of the attack. Secondly, and, and this is speculative, but it's based on pretty sound analysis, You've got to look at the, situ- the, 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 the socioeconomic situation in Gaza over the last three to five years. And although Hamas spokesman and every, every second Palestinian uh, activist that you speak to will tell you that Hamas is an open prison and it's a ghastly place to live, the facts of the matter are that the quality of life in Gaza has increased dramatically over the last five years. That the relationship between Israel and, and Gaza, and I'm not talking about the Palestinian people in general, the, 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 so the economic in, interplay between the two has increased. Israel's economy has been exceptionally strong over the last 10 years, and the quality of life in Israel has been exceptionally good for both is Israelis, the, the Jewish population, and 20% of Israel, which is made up of, of Israeli Arabs. So actually, the region has benefited from this economic, economic boom. What, is that, what effect does that have on Hamas? How, you know, the last thing that... that that sort of psychopathic terrorist groups who, who are posing as governments like is, is for the population to be comfortable. You know, the, the, more, the more middle class Palestinians you create in Gaza, the less likely they are to support a, 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 an extremist organization like Hamas. So Hamas was losing its grip over the population in Gaza. And let's not forget they, that they secured power with a pretty brutal um, campaign against fellow Palestinians. That, that's how they secured power in 2007. Uh, you know, th- there was, there's, there's, a very, there's a significant democratic deficit with Hamas, to say the least. But they were losing control. Hamas, you know, Hamas was finding it very hard to get into the minds of young Palestinians sitting on a beach in, in, in Gaza. And the idea that Gaza was this you know, dreadful place to live and that everything was difficult was becoming less and less of a reality and more of a memory. So if you look at it from that perspective, Hamas had nothing to lose and everything to gain by playing this card. And I think that that what has happened to Hamas is that they failed to estimate how quick the United States would react to this. They put two carrier groups in the region, which effectively meant that the Iranians had no way in which they were going to risk any any form of direct support for, for Hamas, and I think to a certain degree Hamas has been the victim of its of its own dreadful success on on the seventh of October because it, it as an organisation has lost the support of those who would traditionally support it, namely the the Iranians and elements of of the of the Qatar government. 
because they went too far and they did and they did too much um, in the eyes of in the eyes of the international community. So there's there's an analysis that this was a throw of the dice by Hamas to to try and 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 and, and make themselves more relevant in the region. And one can argue in defense of the Israelis who have taken a lot of stick and will in the future for their failure to recognize this, that Israel has changed dramatically over the last few years. You know, it's a liberal democracy. People weren't expecting this to happen. They thought they contained the issue. They thought the relationships were getting better in the region. And and I think, you know, I'm going out on a limb by by suggesting that Actually, our perception of, of Israel, our perception of, of, of the region, and it's very easy to say this sitting in the UK, was perhaps you know, not, not what it was on the ground, because the Israelis had taken their eye off the ball and had relaxed perhaps a little bit too much by assuming that a rising tide li- li- lifts all, all, all vessels. Anyway, that's, that's my analysis of the situation. Others would disagree, and, and, and I know some would agree, but I think that's that's where that's what what I see at this stage of the game. Okay, fascinating insights there as to what was the root causes behind this conflict. Uh, and of course, I remember in relation to Northern Ireland, the British government came to the conclusion that there was no military uh, solution to Northern Ireland. It had to be a political solution. I wonder, is it the same uh, for Gaza and the Middle East? My thanks to Duncan Boulevant, a special advisor and a special envoy in so many previous conflicts, now CEO of the Henderson Risk Group. Thank you for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.